Lord. Hallelujah. You know, he says in Isaiah chapter number 43 verse 11, he says, I, even I, am the Lord. And besides me, there is no Savior. You see, God confirms himself to Israel as the Lord. I am the Lord. I, even I, am the Lord. There are many other lords, but this Lord we are talking about, he is the Lord of lords. He's the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the creator of all things. There is no power that he did not create. There is no authority that he did not create. There is nothing you can see and you cannot see that he did not create. He began everything. Yeah? He was before anything was because he is God by himself. You know, the God that we worship doesn't need anyone to approve of him. He approves himself. He has already done it. And there is no other way he will do it. But he has already done it. All we need to do, you and me, is to see how the Lord has expressed himself. So that we can embrace who he is and run with that because he is the Lord. So this morning, maybe, can you just help your neighbor? They are looking like very tense. Just say to them, the Lord, he is the Lord. Yeah. I thought you were really going to post over that. So I, for a change, that's why you see I have a notebook. For a change, you are not going to see anything on the screen except he is Lord and a few scriptures that I want us to read together. But the other scriptures, I would love to see you get into your Bibles. And read the word with me. Hallelujah. So get ready. I know you have a Bible in your phone. Congratulations. But check your neighbor that they are really reading scripture, not WhatsApp. So we're reading from Exodus chapter number 7. Let's just read. Then I will get to what I want us to do. Exodus chapter 7. We're reading from verse 1 up to 13. And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. Eh? God with a capital G. He's saying, See, I have made you like me to Pharaoh. When Pharaoh sees you or when Pharaoh talks to you, he is seeing me. He is talking to me. What he is doing to you, he is doing to me, because you are me to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet, because God uses prophets to speak to men. Yeah? In the Old Testament, if you read the Old Testament properly, you will discover that there were only two offices that God used. The office of a prophet and the office of a priest. The prophet was that man who went on behalf of God and spoke to people the mind of God. 
the proper prophet in the Bible never speaks their own opinion like today's prophets. No, they speak exactly what God has sent them to say. Finish. And they don't have, if they don't have even to explain it. That says the Lord A, B, C, D, and they go. That's the prophet of God. The explanation is your problem. And they move away. And so Aaron is going to be your prophet because if you look at from this chapter onwards, it is Aaron who shall be speaking. And Moses will be with Aaron as God is with you. So Moses is God to Pharaoh and Moses has a prophet called Aaron and Moses is with the prophet Aaron and whenever they meet Pharaoh, Aaron is speaking because a prophet is the mouthpiece of God. God speaks to prophets and then God saved through priests. I think you need to understand therefore that at the end of it on the cross, Jesus brought all these offices together, hallelujah, and they are on Christ Jesus. He is the prophet and priest, and he is our high priest. That's why you and me today, believers in the Lord Jesus, can prophesy and save at the same time. That's why we can have the gift of prophecy and the gift of saving at the same time, because we are the royal priesthood of God. We are the priest of God. In other words, you are not supposed to be running around looking for a prophet. Uh-uh. Jesus has already prophesied. And God has spoken to you and me from the beginning to the end through Jesus Christ. Not Aaron anymore. Not Isaiah, not Jeremiah, not anyone else. But this time through Christ Jesus. The beginning and the end. So if you can't hear Jesus, you cannot hear Isaiah. Because Jesus has fulfilled Isaiah. He has fulfilled Daniel. He has fulfilled all the prophets in you. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's read on. Verse number two. You shall speak all that I command you. And your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of his land. How many, was, how many of us know that God doesn't want us to remain in darkness? That's why he has taken us out of darkness. Let's move on. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, let's continue, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my host, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. Looks like Pharaoh is in power now. I think you need to understand here, ladies and gentlemen, that Pharaoh is arrogantly unbelieving culturally, traditionally, and religiously. He's an arrogant in fact, the pharaoh, the position, eh? the office is an office of arrogance. It's an office of unbelief in God. And they do it so arrogantly because they think they have got their own gods. And God says, I know that the pharaoh is unbelieving, is arrogant. But guess what? I will harden him. 
I will intensify his arrogance. I will intensify his unbelief. Because I want to show who the Lord is. Are you with me this morning? God is doing this so he can show who the Lord is. The Egyptian gods must know who the Lord is. Pharaoh must know who the Lord is. Egypt must know who the Lord is. Israel must know who the Lord is. In most cases, by word of mouth, you doubt. But when he touches you, when he lays his hand on you, you will agree in your heart he is Lord. You get that? Yeah? Moses and Aaron can go and talk and talk and talk and talk to Pharaoh, but unless God lays his hand on Pharaoh, Pharaoh is not believing. That's where we are in chapter number seven, because God now wants to show who he is. Let's return. I'll come back. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I stretch out my hand against Egypt, and bring out the people of Israel from among them. Let's run. Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. How many of us know that to be successful in your Christian work, do what the Lord instructs you. Do what the Lord commands you to do. Do you know that we live in, a, in an era of opinions? We love our opinions. We make opinions about so many things. And I always say this, that your opinion, clever as it sounds, intelligent as it is, philosophical as it is, you know, you have researched and you have thought, you have applied all your intellect and you come up with this opinion. It is useless on every matter that God has judged your opinions on the things that God has judged are of no use. Maybe that's why the Bible says let's avoid foolish arguments. Because in most cases, people engage so intensely on unnecessary arguments, on issues that heaven has already judged. If God says it is wrong, it is wrong. It doesn't matter who says it is right. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how educated and big those people are. When God says it is right, it is right. When he says it is wrong, it is wrong. When he says it is a sin, it is a sin. Waste no energy. Waste no time arguing on those issues because you will not change anything. Are you with me this morning? These days all over the world, even amongst us Christians, we barely and argue so much with opinions over the things that God said, don't touch, don't do. And we begin to say, no, democracy. Have you ever seen democracy in heaven? It's not there. There is only one God. There are no elections there. And when he says jump, he means jump. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? So he says to these guys, you will do what I command you. And the Bible says they did everything that God commanded them. It was not about them, no. It was not about them. It was about what God 
say. And was it easy going to talk to Pharaoh? It wasn't easy. In Exodus chapter 7, you see them in their first meeting, face to face with Pharaoh. It's not an easy thing. It's not an easy, you know who Pharaoh is, you know what he represents. It's like coming face to face with the devil himself. Yeah? And tell him what God said. When you are sent to such places, stop, stop telling your own stories. Just deliver what God said. Then you will be okay. And God will back you up. Are you with me this morning? Let's move on. Verse number seven, now Moses was 80 years old, wow, and Aaron 83 years old, these are old men, when they spoke to Pharaoh, yeah, advanced, <laughs> so advanced in age, well, age doesn't count with God, I guess, let's go on, then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, Prove yourselves by working a miracle. Then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and cast it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. You know, the world, even today, the world wants you to prove. Eh? Prove that you are a man of God. Prove that you are a Christian. Eh? Your life doesn't show that you are a Christian. To, by who? By their own carnal eyes, isn't it? And you and me don't have to prove anything anywhere, I'll show you. But the world wants you to prove. And in our desire to prove ourselves, we miss God. Because he did not say, prove it. But when he says, prove it, then you are with God. Here, he instructs them that if Pharaoh demands a sign, this is what you are going to do. Don't just do anything. Do what I tell you to because I know what I am doing. And let's move on. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron cast down his staff before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Wow. Let's go on. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers. And they, the magicians of Egypt, also did the same by their secret arts. And what happens? For each man cast down his staff and they became serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staff. This is exactly what God wanted. You see, you need to understand that in the Middle Eastern culture, magic is the norm, was the norm, and still is the norm. They loved magic. That's why every kingly office was surrounded by magicians, sorcerers. Uh, we call them witches. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in the world, they do everything by magic. How many people know that? You guys were from the world, eh? And you saw these things. It doesn't mean that when you are a Christian, you no longer see what these people do, eh? The pharaohs of this world, they are surrounded by zangomas. 
They're surrounded by their so-called wise men. Eh? They're surrounded by magicians who do a lot of things. Now they come to Pharaoh, Moses, and Aaron. And God has given them an instruction. Aaron is carrying that rod. And he throws it down. It becomes a serpent. Do you remember that this same rod which was with Moses became a serpent by the bush? Yeah? Right. He was on school of training, eh? school of ministry for this moment. Because this is a crucial moment. He throws the rod down. It becomes a serpent. And Pharaoh says, ah, come on, man. Give me something better. Eh? Give me something better. He calls and he summons his witches, his wise men and his magicians. And they come obviously with their rod. And he says, look at what this poor prophet is doing. Hmm? And they throw theirs, boom, boom. And they are all serpents. Not even snakes, eh? Serpents. They are serpents. And then something he did not bargain for happens. Aaron's rod, which is now like a serpent, eats all of them. Wham, 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 wham. And swallows them. And if you read on, the Bible says Pharaoh was hardened. <laughs> because I think his pride was at stake. He was hardened. And why is God doing such a thing? To show and to prove he is Lord. God Almighty, there is no other. Listen to me very careful this morning. There is no other God who is above your God. There is no other authority that is above the authority of your God. In his presence, there can be no other God. He has cast himself as a serpent on the ground and there can be no other serpent. <laughs> because he is God. He is Lord. He is almighty. Pharaoh, I will show you who I am. I am the almighty God. Now Pharaoh's magicians have no roads. Yeah? All their stuff is eaten up. All their stuff is cast out. <laughs> Maybe they need to go and do other things. And what Pharaoh is remaining with is an arrogant heart, an arrogant spirit before an almighty God. I will show you, Pharaoh, that I am the Lord. And there is no other. Hallelujah. So we, I, I was trying to explain that, you know, that in the Middle Eastern cultures, these guys, the wise men, were those who knew their occultic arts. You saw the word arts there. Yeah, they knew how to do it and do it very well. While these sorcerers, they muttered what we call magic formulas or incantations. Incantations are words that they speak when they are, they are doing their charms. They say a lot of words. Whatever they are saying. Those words are called incantations. And when they curse, they use a lot of words. That's why the Bible says you don't have to talk too much. Because you can be trapped in your words. And the Bible says the power 
of death and life is in the tongue. It's in the power of your tongue. Because your tongue can say a lot of... Do you know that your tongue can bless and curse? Yeah? But you, with the Spirit of God in you, be careful what you say. That's why Jesus says, don't say to your brother, fool. You stand in the place of judgment when you say to another Christian, he is a fool. Because when you say he's a fool, you are insulting the one who created him, the one who delivered him, the one who saved him. So our words one to another must be words that encourage, that edify, that glorify our God. Why? Because God knows in your tongue there could be poison. It could be fire. You can be a sorcerer when you are born again with your words. So magicians were bearers of the magic books. Do you know that magic is in books? Yeah? They started. They started in books. How to do magic. And they do all those funny things that you see people doing. It's in books. It's not just coming from nowhere. It's written down. And they did it. And this is what Pharaoh lived on and did. But what you see now in that scripture is to show us that the powers of Satan are temporary. Did you know that the devil himself performs miracles? Do you know that the devil himself does signs and wonders? But do you know that all his miracles and signs and wonders are imitations? They imitate the real things. They are not the real thing. And they are temporal. Anyone who attends to these lying prophets all over the place to get healing, they get healed now. Tomorrow they are sick. And that's why they go back again for deliverance. That's why they can be delivered for the next 10 years on a daily basis. They're delivered, they feel okay, tomorrow it comes. Because anything of the enemy is a lie. Is an imitation. It has a purpose. The purpose it serves is to distract you. The challenge we are facing these days, ladies and gentlemen, are Christians who are after miracles. Christians who run after miracles. Do you know that we follow all these lying men because we are after their miracles, so-called miracles? Ah, you go to so-and-so. Ah, you get healed. Ah, things happen. They, they don't explain. They just say things happen. Yeah, you call there things happen. What things? What things? And all those things that happen are a distraction. They take you from the realities of Christ to the deceptions of the enemy. And you begin to preoccupy yourself with a lie. All the days of your life and they fail to become who God wants you to become. Because the moment you become who God wants you to become, the enemy knows he is in trouble. Because you will walk in the fullness of that authority and the signs and wonders will follow you and you will do great things. And the kingdom of darkness will suffer in your presence. So clever Satan Keep them distracted. Keep them believing they are unable. 
Keep them believing they are not anointed. Keep them believing they cannot do miracles. Keep them believing they have no signs and wonders. They have no authority. And yet God has given you all authority to do what Aaron did and the creator. That's why Jesus says, if you believe in me, the things I do, you shall do. And greater things than this. What did Jesus do? Have you read what he did? Have you seen how he healed the blind? Have you seen how he healed the lame? Have you seen how he cast out devils? Have you seen how he walked on order? How he fed the, the 5,000? Have you seen what he did? He says, if you believe, I've given you authority. You do it. You do what I do. And you're going to do greater than this. And because we are unbelieving, we run after fake things. And we forget that we are the real thing. Can I ask that to talk to your neighbor this morning and say you are the real deal? You are the real deal. Instead of fixing your eyes on those men out there, if you want to look at a man, look at yourself. Because you are the deal. You have the right thing. You have the right stuff. You have the real stuff. The God stuff. The stuff that matters. The stuff that changes the world. The stuff that heals people. The stuff that does and speaks for God. You have it. Everything of the enemy is temporal. Because certain is an imitation, an imitator of God. Let's read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 9. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse number 9, just to explain this temporal and imitation thing. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan, with all power and false signs and wonder. What signs and wonders? False. Certain signs and wonders are false. What the magicians of Pharaoh did were false signs. And the thing swallowed them up to prove they were false. To prove they were nothing in the presence of God. And how many of the people that you know, ladies and gentlemen, your friends, your relatives, are all over the show, losing their substances, their money, and everything else, running after false signs and wonders. And they don't understand the simple thing that the Bible says you are for signs and wonders. Yourself and myself. We are for signs and wonders. The signs we are desiring, we do them ourselves. If you know who you are in Christ Jesus. Like I have said, this is for destruction purposes. It is deception. And guess what that does? It empowers you. It empowers you. How many of us have watched this circus? What do you, how do you pronounce this? Is it circus or circus? Circus performers. You have seen those people who perform in the circus and what have you. They love it so much in the U.S. You have seen that. When they are training those animals who will be performing whatever they are performing, particularly, let's say a lion, when they are training this lion to do what they want, the trainer carries a whip. 
on the other hand. On the other hand, the trainer carries a four-legged chair. Have you ever seen that? When they are training, he carries a four-legged chair that he shows to the lion. When the lion looks at those four legs, he gets distracted and cannot attack the trainer. Because of those four legs, that's the mentality of the lion. He gets attracted. But remember, this is the king of the jungle. Remember, this is a guy who can eat you in seconds. This is a guy who can clap you dead once, yeah? But he gets attracted. I mean, it distracted by the legs of the chair. And this guy can whip him and whip him into lie, whip him into submission. You, you, you get what I'm talking about. And this is exactly what the devil does with you and me, distract you. Show the false. Show the fake. Show this. And you are not even sure. What's this? What's this? Ah, what's that? Ah, ah. And he whips you. He whips you. Every time you are mourning, every time you are grumbling, every time you are crying, every time, because you are so distracted and the enemy keeps whipping you, infecting you, stealing from you. You are poisoning your relationships, doing everything. You are fixing your eyes on the wrong thing. And yet the Bible says, fix your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of your faith. And if you don't know who you are, if you don't know the real thing, you run with the fake thing and you get so pitted every time. You are so tired every day. You come here, you, you don't even understand who you are. Where is this God? Eh? Where, where is God? No, I can't even see him. Please pray for me. Please, this, this is because you are distracted. And you are being whipped left, right, and center by the name. Until you realize this. No, I am pursuing a wrong thing. Actually, the right thing is this. And when you fix your eyes, victory comes. You begin to flow in victory. The things fall away. The devil comes as usual, thinking that he's going to distract you. You say, get behind me, Satan. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm born of God and I have the mind of God. I will not entertain your thoughts. I bind you in Jesus' name. Get out of my way. You begin to walk in the... He begins to... Ah. And the Bible says, when you submit yourself to God, you will resist the devil and he shall flee you. Are you with me, ladies and gentlemen, this morning? So let's not get distracted. The whole church, the bunch, the big bunch of the church these days is so distracted. Yeah? By fake things. Useless things. And those are the things that we even post in our own Facebook pages here. Things that disempower believers. If you read further, we are not going beyond verse 13. If you read further, God begins to plague Egypt. I need us to understand that those plagues were God's way of showing he is Lord. The ten plagues were aimed at Egyptian gods. 
All God wanted was to embarrass the gods of Egypt. He was to shame the gods of Egypt. He was to show that he is the Lord. Yeah, They had so many gods in the river Nile. And that was his starting point. Turning the water into blood. Yeah, And they were hopeless. The gods of Egypt in the river Nile were hopeless. All life died while they were there. They couldn't save anything. Why? Because they can't turn away the finger of God. You can never turn away the finger of God. If God puts his finger on a man, it doesn't matter whether you love the man or hate the man, God's finger is upon them. Guess what? All of us here, the finger of God is upon our lives. You better agree with the finger of God. You better rise up and understand that God has touched you for a time such as this. You sit here, you are packed with miracles inside of you. Miracles in your hand. Miracles in your word. Miracles in your work. Miracles everywhere. But you don't want to show them for the glory of God. Do you know that when you don't do these signs and wonders, you are not witnessing for God. Our God is a warrior God. Our God loves to show up and he shows up through his children. That's why first Peter chapter verse yes first Peter chapter 2 verse 9 let's read that. Did you write it? Let's read that. Let me show you what I mean there. It says but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood I love my Bible. It says you are a chosen generation. You and me here, chosen by God. Even before we knew him, he chose us. And we are a royal priesthood, a royal Aaronwood, eh? a royal Melchizedek, which is now Jesus Christ. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a People of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous life. Why are you a chosen generation? Why are you a holy nation? Why are you a royal priesthood? Why are you a Christian? Why are you here? Why are you called of God? Why are you anointed of God? Why are you born again to proclaim the excellencies or the praises of God? And one way of proclaiming the excellencies of God is through signs and wonders. It's through miracles. When you get to wherever you get to, and when blind eyes open, you are proclaiming the excellencies of God. When you lay hands on the sick and they recover, you are proclaiming the excellencies of God. When the lame walk, when you say stand up and walk, you are proclaiming the excellencies of God. You are giving God honor. You are giving God praise in the dark world. And when the world sees those signs and wonders and miracles, they begin, I mean, they begin to praise your God. They begin to say, ha, ah, they are God. Is it real? Are you with me this morning? So when we are not walking in these signs and wonders, ladies and gentlemen, our preaching is in vain. 
Our walk is not complete. Our journey through this life as Christians is not complete. Brother K, come on. Can we all do miracles? Yes, of course. All of us here can lay hands on the sick, they recover. All of us here can speak to a mountain and say move and it moves. I'm not talking about the mountains in my top. Don't waste your energy. I'm talking about your challenges, your problems. Mark 11, the Bible says so in verse 23. Yeah. So ever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that the things he says shall be. He shall have whatsoever he says. You, all of us here, can lay hands on the sick and recover. All of us here can perform miracles. All of us here can do signs and wonders. All of us. Hey, don't run for raising the dead before you have healed a headache. It will be a struggle. Don't even call people and say, come and see that I can do this. That is pride. God is not in it. But as you journey through life and you meet a sick person, don't be afraid to say, come here. I know one who can heal you. Be healed in Jesus' name. And they are healed. But the challenge with today's believers, we are so afraid. We're so content within our own peace, which is not the peace of Christ. Because the peace of Christ speaks. The peace of Christ will not keep quiet in the face of injustice. The peace of Christ will not fail to witness for Jesus. It will not fail to say, hey, 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 stop there, stop there, stop there, stop there. Get out, devil, in Jesus' name. And a lot of us put up with Satan. Yeah? We put up with demons. Put up with spirits. Put up with everything. And we call the pastors. And that's why we end up running after prophet. Prophet after prophet, and pay money to have a demon cast out. To pay money to have a headache healed temporarily by Satan. When you say Satan, it's like you're glorifying him. He's called Satan. It sounds heavy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you guys with me this morning? I'm about to finish. Yes. Yeah. Give me five minutes. I'm done. I'll be away from here. Let's read together. Let's read together. I am going to read Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. So, please turn there. Turn your Bible. You are not going to put this one up there. This one is in your Bibles. From verse 17, the Bible says, Then the servant returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Hallelujah. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you, I give you the authority to temple on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. All authority. 
All authority. Look at yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, the authority of God doesn't work by the six pack or 12 packs. No, it doesn't work by the size of the chest or the arm. Mm-mm. The authority of God doesn't work by the degree level or your educational level or anything else. The authority of God works by that you are a child of God. And he has given you that authority to use. Whether you are slender, you are fed, you are how, the authority of God is in you. It is upon you and has been given you to use the authority to trample, to tread, to walk on serpents and scorpions. Those are all demonic forces and their classes and what have you, their levels. Serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. All, not some, but all. You sit here this morning, I need you to understand how powerful you are. The power God has invested on you. The power God has given you. There is no one as powerful as you are in Christ Jesus because he has given you the authority. You can stand. You can withstand. You can resist. You can command. You can declare. You can proclaim. You can say it. You can reject You can refuse in the name of Jesus. And that authority works for you. Don't look for another man. Look for yourself. Because you are in Christ Jesus. And because Jesus has equipped you, has empowered you, you can do like Aaron. Are you with me this morning? Yes, you can do it. What are you waiting for? Doubt and fear. They are called unbelief. What weakens believers is unbelief and believing that you are able. When you don't believe that you are able, you are rejecting the Christ in you. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And John would say you have overcome them, little children. Who are them? The Antichrist. You have overcome the Antichrist. Yeah? And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Moses and Aaron, before Pharaoh, they don't doubt. They they don't matter. They don't care what Pharaoh thinks because God wants to show he is Lord through them. And that same God still wants to show to this world that he is Lord. Fair and fine, he showed it on Calvary that he is Lord. When he hung on the cross, died and rose after three days, he was showing, manifesting, declaring, there is no other God. I, even I, I am the Lord. Are you with me this morning? And guess what? He then called his army that sits before me this morning to run from one generation to another until Jesus comes, showing that he is the Lord. Are you able? Are you willing to? You are able. Just be willing to. From this moment on, walk toward. You can do it. Your role, your duty is to show he is Lord. And ladies and gentlemen, he is coming again soon. My prayer is that when he comes, he finds us having done 
what he wants us to do. And having done it well, it doesn't matter how many times, but go out there in the authority God has given you and shine for Jesus. You and me can. In Jesus' name, let's bow our heads and pray. Lord of Lords, King of Kings, our Father and our God, who is Lord of our lives, thank you. Thank you that we belong to you. Thank you that we are your children. Thank you that we are your church. Thank you that we are your nation. Thank you that you are ours and we are yours. And thank you that you have invested all, your all authority of our lives. So this morning, here we are. Even as we go out, Holy Spirit, inspire us, encourage us. We reject fear. We reject doubt in our hearts and our minds. We want to go out by faith and proclaim the good news of the kingdom of our God and proclaim the excellencies of our God, beginning with us, beginning from our homes, Lord, in our workplaces, everywhere we are. May it be known we are an army of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who is Lord. We thank you. We honor your name. We glorify your name. Throughout the week, until we meet again, be our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.